everyone to the Clear Tai Chi meeting, mastermind meeting on December 11th of 2020. And the, uh, today's topic is the uh, integrating higher level skills and practice time allocation part two, where we're going to get into some other aspects of uh, things at a, at a whole different level. And before we begin, a uh, couple things. One of them is uh, uh, I'm Richard Clear, your host. This is Matt Holker, the regional organizer for uh, Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. This is Jeremy Keeble, uh, uh, one of the executives in our office here at Clear Tai Chi headquarters, national headquarters, international headquarters, anyways, headquarters. And then, um, so say hello, hello. Hey, and, good to see you, uh, everybody. We've got Art Don, who's in the Washington, D.C. area. I'll let him tell you where. Hi, uh, Art Don. I'm in uh, Greenbelt, Maryland. That is about 12 miles east of Washington, D.C. Welcome. And then Greg Nolmeyer in uh, Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Michigan. Hey, guys. Harry Leg in Verona, New Jersey, outside of New York City, or the place formerly known as New York City before coronavirus? Yeah, really. Hello. Thank you, Sifu. Phil Chan in Columbus, Georgia. Hello. Hey, Phil. Sheila Bell in Costa Rica. Hey, everybody. Nice to be here. I'm giving classes in Laveria and in Playa Panama and in Playa del Coco. Hope to see you here. And Jim Kelly in Boca Raton, and he's got other locations down there. Yes, yes. Uh, just uh, got going on the Delray Beach location last Monday. Nice turnout, a uh, good group of people, and they're talking about a, uh, a second location in Coral Springs coming up soon. So hey. we're waiting. Ty Talbert in Colton, California, and then some other locations that he can tell you. Yes, I'm also in Riverside and Redlands, California. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. And Daniel Stringer in, you tell him what parts of Florida. Uh, hello, and uh, we're, the school's located in Paisley, but we also do things in Deland, uh, Sanford, Deltona area that's a little bit uh, north of Orlando. The uh, and so today we're doing the higher level skills and practice time allocation part two. And what we're starting off with here, the question that, that about it is, do higher level? Well, first, wait, sorry. Promote a word from our sponsor, Clear Tai Chi 24/7 Qigong, which will help with everything we've been talking about in this last time and this time and the Tai Chi roadmap. And so for the clear 24 seven Qigong, which is how to do Qigong throughout your day and an ongoing normal regular practice as you're involved doing whatever else you're doing with your day, go to. That's at clearqigong.com. Um, and, uh, uh, and the Tai Chi roadmap is at taichiroadmap.com. And that, the Tai Chi roadmap is about the levels of Tai Chi. And since we're gonna be talking about some of the more advanced training today, um, that, that would involve some of that. And so um, the question was, do higher level methods replace introductory level practices? And 
Um, I'll give you some answer on that, and then I want you guys to be able to weigh in on that. And so um, in the levels of Tai Chi for as, a, as an art from beginning to end, Li is the first one, and it's physical. The next one is Qi level stuff. Then it's mind level stuff. And sometimes you could, some people would say, well, the mind level stuff and then the chi level stuff. What I found is that in the actual work of it, the people basically end up working on chi level things. Let's say you're doing your wu chi stance <clears throat> or your hold the bowl or those kind of things and getting the energy in the, in the form, shapes, and movement. And then they start doing things with their mind as sort of the next stage. So that's why I put them in that order. Anyways, and then. From there, there's Jing, and then there's how to get that Jing and more and more and more to the point that it becomes Shin. And that when you're looking at it through those through that lens, that it's that if I go to, um, if I do things at a Chi level, level two, I'm still doing the physical thing most of the time, but then I've got the Li and the Chi. If I'm doing things at the E level, the mind, then I'm doing things with the mind. I'm also then doing it with the energy. I'm also still doing something physical, even if it's a lot less, my body is still part of it. And then, and that continues up through the thing so that it's not that you ever lost doing it physically, although at a certain advanced level, then you start being able to do things where the physical is a lot less. And the inner, but from, from the physical, the next level, the chi on up, um, they really just sort of, sort of, it's that little Russian doll cup thing where you take the top off and then there, you, you take the top off of the next one and you take the top off of the next one and you take the top off of the next one. And it's just, it's, they're all stacked within the same container, your body being the container, <clears throat> body and your mind, uh, field anyways, um, and the way chi field and all that. All right. So. My answer is that yes, sometimes higher level methods replace introductory level practices. However, some of the, a lot of basics are forever basics. You'll keep doing them even at the most advanced levels of practice. Ideally, your practice moves up in quality and the Li, Qi, Yi, Jen, Shen, and your advanced Wu Qi. And then I've got see the Tai Chi roadmap for that. And so, um, basically as a discussion of that, if there's anything you have to add there or to talk about that's more specific to your actual daily practice or any of that, I want to let you guys weigh in on that and we'll start with art. If you're like, don't feel like you're compelled to say something. If you're going, no, that's kind of the deal and, and, and that, then say that if it's, if there's something more there you experience or that you want to do that would add to discussion, please, by all means, weigh in. Well, I would just like to, to mention, um, and having worked with people and, and learned this and become aware of it, that um, the least skills, the, the more physical attributes are um, always retained, but um, with practice, they should become a natural part of um, just almost day-to-day -day existence that you do without without really thinking so that they're always there so that the uh, other other processes and functions will um, operate, operate efficiently because maybe while some um, spe specifically attributes don't need to be maintained 100% for efficiency in all 
the higher levels, um, for, for the most part, they're, they're good to have and, and keep. So um, certainly skills will supersede the least skills, but um, that's, as, as I see it, um, an integral part of the day-to-day uh, -day Tai Chi experience. Um, I guess that's what, what I would like to add. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's um, what, uh, Art, what you just said uh, is, I think, the, the sort of connection between the 24-7 practice that we talk about and the roadmap that we talk about is that they really do play into each other that way. When you can get kind of one level of the training to be sort of always running on autopilot is when you can really be sort of working on the next level of the training, and then you're trying to get that one more and more on autopilot in certain kinds of ways and step it up and up and up from there and build all of these skills into kind of daily habit. Well, just like there are different kinds of forms and moves and expressions and, you know, doing the form and then some of the push hands, uh, especially the fixed push hands with shapes and positions and all of that. Um, and that's Lee level. There are chi level exercises and things to do and then that stacks into that and then there are a bunch of different mind um e skills to work on and drills and practices um and trainings and then that gets stacked into that and so they are separate to themselves in a certain kind of way because you're really working that area but then it becomes that it doesn't become that it's just all that now and you're not doing the other things anymore it's it's sort of a total most of the time a total package that has it's just what level are you able to step it up to because as you step up that ladder of skills it does get to be that if i'm doing a bunch of e-skills and the other person doesn't have any um that you're able to do a whole lot of things that they can't do and there's a noticeable difference in power and speed and, and all these other things because of it but then that's that's manifesting through the physical things in the body when you're doing it so cool uh craig I think a lot about, um, I talk about like having a quilt of awareness and how big is that quilt? Is my quilt big enough just to cover my chest, my chest and my legs, me and my partner, you know, what level? <clears throat> and so there's a lot of times where I'll feel like, oh, I can do a number of things well, maybe, um, but the thing that's missing, do I have enough awareness to include that? On a beginning level playing push hands, it might be enough to me to keep track of most of my body and some of my partner's body you know, just on a kind of physical Lee kind of level. Over time, hopefully that's me and that person pretty well with some chi and some other things. But I'm continually knocking myself back to some really basic things because I don't always have enough awareness to get into like even some physical thing, like the fine tuning of the thing that's going on in my left elbow. Do I have enough awareness to really make that bigger and open up the thing that's going on in my left elbow? I can do that with some other stuff running, but I might have to stop my electric and magnetic and a couple other things in order to do that. And okay. so I feel like there's a lot of times where you've got, like you say, the nesting dolls and doing one includes the other, but then I'll feel like, oh, I'm trying to do this one, but the limitations at doll three, and I don't have enough awareness to keep all this going and hit doll three. So I'm, I'm going to doll three. Does that make sense? On all three, yeah, and make it a lot better, and then you'll put it back into the nesting doll situation. Yep, makes complete sense. So, yep, Harry. 
Um, I would uh, totally echo what Craig just said. Um, you know, lots of times when I visit you, especially we have a workshop now during COVID on Zoom, you know, we're given some higher level stuff and I want to really work that and want to own that. But I do find uh, sometimes a deficiency somewhere else was something that I thought I really owned and, oh, hmm, don't own that quite like I thought I did. So you do end up going back a bit. Um, but I, I definitely enjoy working, um, you know, the, the stuff that is higher level. I also find with students, uh, depending on how long they've been with you, of course, um, you need to uh, make sure that uh, as best that you can, that their basics are good. But also it can be kind of cool, and, and you will do this with us once in a while, you show us where something goes. Like I may not be quite ready for something yet, but you'll show it to me and let me feel it. And I'll do that with students as well. And that helps keep them engaged and, oh, geez, I want to be able to do that. That's why you got to do this right now, or you won't get to that. And that's very helpful. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get an idea of this, that this is one stage and I'm trying to get you to improve that stage a whole bunch because that's going to really make it so that it's easier for you to step it up into that next thing. And if you're not, you know, there's a lot of skills that are in Tai Chi that are technical and a bit tedious and that kind of a thing where people will go, okay, I'm going to do it enough to have it, but I want to do it a whole lot more than that. It's like, the problem is you need it a lot better than that. If you're going to do this next really cool thing, that's going to use that, you've really got to have that, that thing that's tedious and that you're not liking so much going on. And then once you have it like that, you'll find you like it a little better too, typically. <laughs> yes. so, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, Phil? So you're making notes there. I'm just, I don't have anything to add. Okay. Nope. Yeah. Uh, Sheila? Okay. Yeah, so I have to agree with everything that's been said so far. I really like the analogy of the Russian doll. That, that really feels right. Um, I think in, and that's, you know, for any kind of skill that you're coming and layering up that on the other hand, there are a few things that I have sort of reduced um, just because I've practiced so much, which would be, you know, not necessarily an actual, you know, Qigong move, but the warm up. for example, the one of releasing tension where you would start out by tensing each part of the body and then releasing you know, and going through the entire body piece by piece. Now I still like to do it, but I'll just like sort of tense the entire body and then shake it out and then I'm good to go. So um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you have the, the more basic idea of something, you can streamline it and it can become part of something else so that you're not spending so much time on it, but you still do want to include it because it's, it's still going to be um, useful. Yeah. Yeah, I know he he's taking notes on that right now. He he does a lot of that kind of thing where he'll work one particular. I mean, we all do, but he does a lot of it, especially where he'll work one particular quality or aspect or technique or something really, 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 really until he owns it, and then he'll do it, you know, like once, kind of quick to make sure he's kind of got it. And if he feels like, ooh, that was a little off, then he'll put a little more time into that one that day. But that's a big part of how he gets in and maintains as much, you know, skill as he's got. Um, and a big part of that, like sort of 24 seven training mentality, um, where, you know, where you can, where you can do that and really keep it effective, but do it just much quicker and more casually and just make sure you, you know, 
do it. I'm working on the uh, uh, curriculum for the level six Fogong, which will mostly have the stuff that has to do with some of the mental practices that you have to do, including the artistic expression, including um, a couple of different meditations there in order to work on your own mind, both the, both the cognitive dissonance and other aspects of conscious to subconscious communication within your own uh, mind and all of that. And a lot of that work is not what most people would think of as fun because you're processing your mental junk, you know, your psychological junk and it kind of tends to suck and all of that. And so I've been looking for ways to, to, uh, to in that program, put in some material that, that will sweeten the, sweeten the, uh, uh, the pies a little bit and and how to get into some stuff in there that's spirit oriented stuff um, because that's kind of the level that people are, are if they're not there yet they're rapidly approaching a level where that would be an appropriate thing to get into and I've been trying to figure out how to put that together for the program and what you just said even though I've got notes on that other places really hit me that's a way to walk people in is to take it through the levels and go, okay, this is what you did in Fogums one through four. This is the level where we kind of end that there, or we start to get into this other thing. And then I can take it a little bit further by walking people through like that. You'll be able to feel some stuff and now, okay, now here's this work you got to do if you really want to get that going on and be safe and well and, and mentally sound and all of that. And so thank you for that. that. That was, I know you weren't intending that when you did that, but it's, it gave me a way to approach it that, uh, that will be useful to the program itself. No, thank you. Um, I think that it's interesting to notice how the system is put together that really allows you to do that, where you're putting layer on top of layer on top of layer. But that first basic level is always going to be important. And I guess just the idea is to be more efficient and faster at getting there. Yeah, the way I tend to put that too is that when it comes to body stuff, when somebody really gets into the energy stuff and the mind stuff and all of that, it's really easy to get up there and be doing that all the time and to be really coming from a mind place or a spirit place and to let the body kind of atrophy a bit, not be taken care of as well and all those things. And my answer to that normally is where do you live daily? And it's we live here. And so here is physical and I have a physical body. And so I should be doing what I can to keep it uh, as well uh, taken care of and honed as I possibly can. And so that is, it's, so it's not mind, spirit, and body. It's, you know, mind, mind, body, and spirit. And so the body is, is equally a thing. And I, and again, I would say that since we live in a physical world, it's almost not, not more than the others completely, but, but it's, it should take a high priority. Can't, you can't, it's hard to do the mental spiritual stuff if you're just feeling like crap all the time. So, yeah. Good. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. All right. Uh, Jim? Thank you, Sifu. Uh, yeah, to, to go along with it, I think that nesting doll analogy is, is excellent. And like you and Sheila said, I, I find my, you know, the world I live in tends to be that, that outer you know, the, the biggest nesting doll. And, you know, I know there are other dolls inside there and I go in, open it up and, you know, work with them as much as possible. But um, I, I think I tend to, as I'm getting older, 
you know, I got to work a little bit more on the Lee stuff. I, I try to do a little bit more for the legs and a little bit more for the strength. But again, I do pay attention to the, the mind and the spirit and work with the E as much as I can. And, um, but that outside, you know, I, I, I try to, I try to spar and I try to use the different arts and the different techniques. And I still fall back sometimes on some of the other stuff, you know, the, the, the karate or the judo or the jujitsu, but, but it is nice to know that there is much more to this. And there's, like you said, there's all those smaller dolls inside that, uh, that need to be trained and need to be, need to be worked with and i'm not at a level that a lot of you know the other guys on this call are on but yeah it's it's nice to know it's there and it's it's nice to know i have something to work towards cool uh, <laughs> thank you sorry now I love the way um, Harry and Greg mentioned owning it. And um, one of the things that I've really appreciated about training with you is that you usually have some sort of a drill to see whether we actually own it or not. And it's one of the things that I'm missing with COVID is that it usually involves another body. So the only body I have to push me around right now is my wife. And um, she doesn't seem to mind doing that. <laughs> but I, but um, it's one of the things that I, I have several students that I, I want that next level. And I'm like, you don't own this level yet. That's why this next level is not going to do you any good. So let's, let's test it out. And like I said, you usually have a test to find out whether someone owns it or not. Cool. Yeah. And then there's there, there are tests, in our, at least in our system um, of clear Tai Chi, there are tests as you go up through the level. So like Chi, is, is Chi a thing? Am I really using Chi? And there, there are ways to test that. Um, same thing, am I using my mind here and, and what's going on? And then also building the sensitivity to feel, is this person working at Lee or are they working with the Chi or are they working at the mind level? Um, you know, what level are they really um, is this real jing? And a lot of people, they'll call, they'll get into a posture and they'll say, I'm doing the jing. And I'm like, no, you're doing the li of that thing. The jing would be that it's going to have to have the chi in it directed by the mind into a shape, form, or expression. And now you're, now you're doing jing. And can you feel that? And if, you, and if it's not an immediate, like, noticeable thing that you can feel, uh, that you can experience, that things can be done with, well, not quite. It's not quite jank, it's something else. And what level is that? And what is gonna to have to change or be understood or trained well enough in order to bump it up to that next level of, of expression and doing? And if, if uh, you know, it's really easy for us to talk about this stuff in kind of casual ways because we all know these terms and we talk about it like this a lot, but if you're finding yourself a little bit lost um, or you don't understand like why the level, why we're talking about these things in terms of level, um, the, the roadmap uh, uh, to Tai Chi Mastery, um, which is available at TaiChiRoadmap.com, 
um, is a free training that c for clear has done all over the country at this point um, and then we recorded and then we, that's available at uh, taichiroadmap.com and you should check it out because it basically is just an explanation of those terms the levels that they correspond to and like why that why they go in that order and then some exercises also are available there that you can um, you know experience this stuff for yourself and start to see some of that kind of chi level uh, chi level skill and start to kind of experience that. Um, and if you already have some of that going on, maybe start to approach the E level stuff. Um, there's exercises for, and, and like examples for each level, um, that are available there as well. So, um, go to taichiroadmap.com and check that out. Cool. Daniel. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with what people are saying. I think, um, in any martial art or probably any skill set really owning the basics is, you know, fundamentally important, which I guess would um, just push us to realize how important it is to have a teacher. Uh, we all went to a workshop and we did a mod review and, um, you know, we got like three points in and there was enough correction there that made dramatic difference that I remember looking at my wife who was there with me and just saying, well, this is this is why you need to come see someone who knows more than you do regularly. Um, and, and even like, you know, Harry's talking about the things that we're working on and, and Sifu gave me some things to work on. Uh, and a lot of it was go back through some of the material we've already gone through. And, and to anyone listening, I guess my encouragement would be if you have a teacher that really has skill and really uh, can push you. And if you don't, then come find Sifu. But um, if you're frustrated when people tell you to go over the basics, it's really just evidence that you don't trust your teacher. And so either find a better teacher uh, or trust them because going over the basics is such a, an awesome thing. And really it's just ego that makes us want to jump forward. So owning each level as all these guys are saying and working these layers on the doll. I think it's, uh, if that's, if you want the skill, if you really want the art, uh, then look at it that way. I always tell the kids, uh, the kids are my students that you have to just enjoy polishing. You just have to enjoy the process of polishing. Um, and not just checking off the boxes and moving ahead because, you know, like Ty said, if you don't own it, what does it matter? So, yeah. so thank you, Sifu. That'd be the other thing I'd say. Thanks. The other thing I'll, I'll add with that too, and that I'm saying this for, for you guys being my student and those of you that are, and I'm talking about those listening at home, and for you guys that are teachers and for you at home that are teachers and that you have your students. If one of you guys, that anybody that's on the call um, here are asking me to look at something that's basic, if you said, look at my Wu Chi, I might be like, you've got Wu Chi. And I might even look at it and be like, you've got Wu Chi. And so if you just ask me on, or look at my hold the bowl or look at, you know, like that, and I might look at it, like give it a, that's your super basic. Of course you've got that. And then look at you briefly and yeah, you've got that. If you wanted me to look at it for the way that you're talking about, Ask me, is there something, is there a, le a next level enhancement that I could get on whatever the thing is, whether it be the Wuchi or the marrow washing or the, or even a, something like hold the bowl or whatever it is. And then I'm going to look at it with the eyes that like, okay, where is something that could be going for where your skill level is that's not happening in that practice right now. And I'm going to look at it through a different lens. And a lot of times when, when I'm on the floor with people, I won't look at them that way because it can always make a correction that's going to beef it up to another level. And so if I'm trying to teach on ABC, 
I'm not going to look at you through that lens because I'm really trying to teach on ABC right now, right? Whatever that is. And if you ask me for that, then I'm going to look at it through that lens. Now, obviously, if you ask me, well, I'm trying to really teach it. I've got a, I've got a group there. I've got to teach ABC. I'm going to be like, I can't do that right now. But if you're, if we're either at a place at a time and whatever, however that is where I can look at that, then I'm going to be like, okay, you're looking for an upgrade for what you're doing right now. You could even say, can you, can you help me upgrade my Wuchi? Can you help me upgrade my marrow washing or whatever it is? Let me, let me see what you're doing. And then I'm looking at it through those eyes. And same thing. I know a number of you have senior students that if they said to you, Hey, can you help? Can you look at me do like my basic form or whatever? You'd be like, you've got that. And even if you're looking at him, what's going through your head is, yeah, he's got that. But same thing, tell him to ask you for an upgrade. Tell him to ask you for what's an enhancement to the next level of understanding, like for things we've been into on that. Can you help me to make, to take that up a notch? You know, where, like, what am I, what could I be doing better? What am I maybe missing? Not as a, not from a beginner standpoint, but as a longer term practitioner. So that then when you look at them through that lens, you'll be like, oh yeah, you're going to want to add this. You're going to want to tweak that. You're going to, you know, and you're going to see it differently than you would if you just looked at it a basic way. And maybe some of that's that we're so used to looking at people that are closer to, they're not necessarily beginners, at least for me anymore. I rarely, rarely, rarely lay eyes on beginners, but if, but they're still closer to a beginner. You know, I'm, I'm regularly laying eyes on people who are between six months and two years of training. Um, and so a beginner in that way, what I'm saying is they don't let me in front of the people that are brand new coming in the door. Um, but the, uh, but it's somebody that's six months to two years. And so they've been doing it for a year and a half. I'm looking at them. And so I'm already looking at the person who's doing that. And so I get used to, there's a level of doing this that they should be at. And that's kind of what I get as an expectation across the board. So if I get a person who's been with me for five to 10 years and I'm looking at them, I'm still kind of in that mindset because I'm looking at them that way most of the time. And so I'm looking at that going, oh, yeah, you've got it. But I'm really saying you've got it for a one to two year practitioner. And if they said, look at me as a five year practitioner or, or an enhancement or an upgrade or more advanced, you know, or things that we've been into. And how would that, how does that look on this? And then you're going to get some feedback that's going to be a little different. And a lot of times, even minor structural issue stuff that on a beginner, you wouldn't really necessarily like crack the whip on them for that. If you've been doing it for five years plus, I see that and I'm going, oh, you get a little adjustment there. And it won't, to anybody that was, a, that was the six month student, it'd be like, you didn't change anything. But you as the five to 10 year student, you're going, okay, that's making a difference. I get that. And it might be a difference in your mind. It might be a difference at the level of uh, spirit, the way that the chi itself is flowing, whether that be speed or an internal, an internal alignment. I don't like saying it like that because it's a little bit nebulous what I'm getting at there, but there's a way I look at people. Like I basically put people through different screens when I'm looking at the inside of their body and their mind. And then I'll see one of the screens is off a little bit that if you were just looking at it at purely Lee, you just wouldn't see that because the Lee's fine. So, you know, reasonably. Yeah. I think also that would speak to, um, as you continue practicing, the bar for you as a practitioner as to what is a basic for you does keep raising. Mm -hmm. 
So when oh, yeah. we say go back to the basics, that doesn't mean we're going back to our day one Wuchi posture training at, at our, our you know, most of our not. level. Yeah, yeah ho hopefully not. Um, and it, it does also, not to go on some overly negative tangent, but it, it also uh, speaks to when you try to engage in other Tai Chi online forums and you talk about a higher level skill. Sometimes it's a real exercise in futility because you'll have people that don't have any real knowledge in that. And they just want to dismiss you by go, it's all in the basics. Just do the basics, just do the form. And you're like, yeah, like you're going to get that doing purely the basics or purely the form. There is something to be said for working the higher level stuff as well, but your basics will keep rising. It's, it's tough in the social media that they will. Absolutely. And it's tough in the social media because a lot, most of the people that are doing a lot of talking don't more often than not don't know. And people that really know aren't talking. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. Cause so, we've got too much practice to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some of that, but I'm saying also there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, the people that have skill. They're not trying to, to, to go out and just give away their knowledge and their, and their abilities you know, for free, which is what it tends to end up being on a lot of social media stuff. And if they say the right things and they're respected enough, then they're going to get questions. And if they've got it to where they can answer enough and go, look, I'm, I'm only willing to answer that more. If you're, you're now, you're just learning from me. So now come and make arrangements to actually learn from me. But then that on like a social media thing, that can be considered like a dirty pool. Oh, you really did this to advertise your classes and your skills and whatever. And so it's, it's tough. Um, and so a lot of times they don't say anything when people ask and they're like, you know, or know that they're there, they might ask them directly. I've had this happen where people name me on the thing and I'll go in and very carefully weigh in. And when they ask me more, I'll go, well, okay, you invited me here. I am weighing in on this. And if it's somebody wanting to be a pain in the butt, then it's like, you don't know what you don't know. I'm sorry to tell it to you like that, but, but obviously you don't know, or you wouldn't be saying it like this. Um, and if it's somebody that does know some things or they're picking up on it, okay, thanks. And if you want more, I'll, I'll tend to recommend you're going to want to get whatever DVD or class or workshop or whatever it is, it's going to really upgrade and enhance and, and communicate those skill sets. Um, but it's, it's tough. The other part of that is, is that the thought, the older Chinese, and, and it still holds today reasonably older thought on this from the senior teachers is well who's your teacher you know where are you getting these skills at and so like with us you guys are getting it within clear tai chi i still have regular communication with uncle bill i still have other teachers that senior teachers that i've studied from that i have communication with and so if something did come up that i didn't know the answer to or that was really like oh wow there's a thing here i didn't even realize i'll go back to them and i'll ask and that happens often enough and then I'll get some education, you know, on that thing that's that's different and train it and or that thing. Of course, I'm constantly researching anyways. But um, the point being that, like, when you're a member of Clear Tai Chi, then you're sort of in that club. And whereas I might not say a whole lot, I, I know I don't say much. For the last year, I've said very little on social media other than what we put out as material and, and these these talks and that kind of stuff. But like going on to on the sites, I was on uh, Tai Chi Connection yesterday and put three posts and then realized that's the most posts I've put up on any site for social media in like the last year. 
and I just don't do it much anymore. And but within clear Tai Chi, if we're talking amongst ourselves, I'm much more likely um, to put that up. The only reason you guys don't see me talking at this point more on clear Tai Chi members only is because we're I haven't done the count lately, so I don't know how many members were on there, but it's you know it's 100, 200. We start getting up to where there's enough people there where there's regular kind of questions. You'll see me weighing in there where it's not just a post, and we post almost every day but where I'm really having communication and talking on there pretty regularly. Um, right now, there's just a few enough people that most of you, the interaction is personal, but at some point it's going to have to become more group oriented just because of numbers of people um, and, and all of that. But anyways, within our school and the members only thing being part of that, um, you know, we'll have those kinds of communications, but publicly where I'm out there really just talking to the group. Yeah. I want to put stuff out there as a marketing thing, as a talking to people thing, or if somebody's really listening to the podcast then they probably are interested in what we're talking about or become interested in what we're talking about different thing, but to really just reach out to the masses with stuff where I'm talking, you know, two or three levels above their head. It's just, you're not going to get a lot different response than that. And there are people there who appreciate it. They're just not saying anything because they're already, they're within the school that they're in, or they've got the training they've got from whatever master that they studied from or are studying from. And so it's, it's a different thing. Um, what was the, uh, you, there was a site you were saying that you do occasionally talk on? No, it's just one I talked on yesterday. Facebook. Uh, yeah, it's on Facebook. It's, it's one of the Facebook groups. It's a Tai Chi group, and there are different ones. And we've got ours, which is the Clear Tai Chi. That 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 first one is really meant for people that are basically much more looky loo about Tai Chi. You know, they don't know maybe anything, or they know very little. Okay. And then we've got members only for people that are you know they've either bought some DVDs or they've attended a workshop or they've um come out you know come out for in some way and really interacted with us and where they're studying our our program and i want to be able to interact with them directly and put information and things in front of them that are then correct for somebody that's actually you know they're studying and they're and they're getting an education in this as opposed to just hey i'm doing my form in the park a couple times a week or whatever and that's all they know about tai chi if, if that much the uh anyways the point that i think got uh you know got extended uh to a certain to a certain level where uh, it almost got lost there is that a lot of these people on social media that are doing a lot of talking they're not they're not equipped to have these kinds of conversations and the people that are equipped to have these conversations are having them they're just not having them on social media they're having them with each other and with their students well and i'm being nice about it but the other thing is the people that are super mouthy on there that, that when you're doing this and you start reading it knowing what you guys know most of you at this point are high enough level skilled to where you know this i'm talking about the ones that are actually our regional organizers and on the call like this um most of the people that are on there and they're really yeah 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 yeah, yeah like that if you start looking at them for what you know you and for having interacted with other tai chi masters not just me you start realizing pretty quick they just don't know but they're willing to talk a lot and they're selling something and they're selling something that you know beware of the person trying to sell you a shirt that doesn't know how to have a shirt is is a marketing thing that went out many 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 you know 30 30 years ago or whatever and that's what's happening they don't really have a shirt but they're selling shirts they don't really have Tai Chi, but they're selling Tai Chi. Um, and so they've got a lot to say. And then the people that really know, they're just like mostly going, okay, whatever, man. You know, that's, and they're taking a very laid back attitude to that, understandably, because 
you start trying to interact with them too close, they're going to get stupid and nasty and everything else because it's coming at what's happening is it's being put right in front of them that they really don't know this. A lot of times in social media, it's in front of a crowd that thinks of them kind of highly. They've said enough things to where anybody that really matches what you're saying, if you're talking about something that's higher level versus what they're saying, it becomes fairly evident that they don't have the stuff. And they're going to have a problem with that. They're going to get, they've already been yak, yak, yak about stuff they didn't know. It's going to get worse. And so you have to be, you know, I'm not telling you not to go there. I'm not telling you not to have the conversations. I am saying that you have to be super careful about how you're talking to people and what you're willing to get into. And you're almost better off when it starts to get into a certain place to go, "Mm, you know, we talk about that in our style and, and that's something that we all know how to do, but I'm, I'm leery to get into it here because too many people don't understand and don't know it. And, and, and again, not, not to sound condescending. So you have to be careful how you're saying this, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to have a bunch of fights. So I'm just not going to talk about it here. If you want to talk about it privately, I'm happy to interact with you. And then if you get somebody that, that privately just wants to be like, ah, 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 I'll be like, ah, ah, then on the private conversation, I'll be like, it's obvious you're clueless. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. You should stop. And I'm not going to communicate with you any further. That's it. And then, and then I'm not worried about the public embarrassment because this is me and them talking and they want to be an idiot to me. I'm like, go away. I don't need it. The, uh, like that. So anyways, um, on the topic there. <laughs> well, the yeah. best way to well, avoid this, I mean, the best way to avoid this kind of stuff is that the reason that these conversations happen is people don't know what they don't know. And they, well, sometimes them. some of these people know some, they don't know. Some people have an agenda, but the, but you can, you yourself as an intelligent consumer of information can go into these conversations equipped with uh, a certain level of knowledge about the art that will allow you to spot the people with an agenda a lot more easily. And the best way I think to get that, like the quickest way to kind of get the, the background in what like really makes Tai Chi, what it is and, and how it progresses and just what the art really is from a big picture perspective is uh, the roadmap to Tai Chi, the, the Tai Chi roadmap, um, Tai Chi roadmap.com, the roadmap to Tai Chi mastery, that lecture, that, that presentation, that, um, speech, whatever you want to call it, that information, if you know that, you can have conversations with these people and be intelligent and it's going to be a lot easier for you to spot when somebody is selling something because normally they're selling it at Lee level and they're trying to convince you that there's nothing else beyond that and you will know better. Um, And so that's the most common thing we found. And I know you, Harry, as well. Yeah. I found that to be the most common one. Yep. And now a word from our sponsor. The internal power that comes at the higher levels of Tai Chi can seem mysterious, but that is mostly because Tai Chi students don't see the big picture yet. They don't even understand what the higher levels of the art are, much less have a plan to get there. Even though the senior masters mostly agree on what the steps are, they mostly don't talk about it. On the TaiChiRoadmap.com, I outline all of the steps of Tai Chi development. Everything is explained so you know what to do, when to do it, and why. This is the complete roadmap to Tai Chi mastery with an explanation of all the steps from rank beginner to senior master. Again, that is a free course that you can access online. Go to Tai Chi Roadmap 
TaiChiRoadmap.com to sign up. That's TaiChiRoadmap.com. Jeremy, I wanted to give you a chance to weigh in on this conversation. Yeah, so uh, just say, taking something kind of as simple as a wave, you know, you, you learn it. Uh, most people walking off the street can't wave, right? So you got to work on it really big, really large. <clears throat> and for our practices, you take that and you, you make it more advanced by making it smaller, 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 till where you're really kind of doing it internally uh, with push hands or something is a good uh Good example, you know, redirecting force inside your body by kind of moving it around with a wave. Um, uh, so that being the, the more advanced part of that and back to the, the waving side of it where it's really large. Uh, yeah, I continue to do the really large one, too, uh, because it kind of tunes everything else up. Um, so that's kind of yeah, simple. And, and the uh, two things on that one for me, one for Harry there was all that Harry talked to you about his experience <laughs> of that. When I broke my back and I was in the back brace, I couldn't move out here. And so I'm used to using waving as the example, having all kinds of waves. Well, I couldn't move like that in the brace. At the same time, I knew that if my spine stayed immobilized fully for three solid months without any kind of just softness and movement in it, that it was really going to be very detrimental to me. And so as soon as I had healed enough to be able to start moving, which I don't know, two weeks out, three weeks out, month out, Maybe it, was, maybe it was six weeks or two months, but somewhere in there. And I started doing the small waves that I could do with the brace fully on. So I wasn't coming out of the brace or even straining on the brace, but put wave and softness through my spine all the way through for the movement and the aliveness and all of that. And I used wave jing for that and got a lot of, a lot of benefit and health and re recuperation out of having done that. And so it's got its martial and it's got its health side um, and when you wave energy as we do in our fog on you find that that's also quite a bit stronger as well and then the beginning waves are initiated very physically but ultimately it becomes a chi level thing and a mind level thing an e level thing and all of that and then it, and then it gets stronger and faster and and more pervasive and all that kind of stuff Anyways, and then so Harry had one there on the physical side that uh, maybe maybe a year ago, uh, where uh, where we were doing wave stuff, and I was and I gave you kind of an upgrade on the wave uh, as a physical movement. I think at that point, so I'll let you talk about that because it's it pertains <laughs> to Well, you you had just pointed out how I thought I was waving uh well and while i could generate a fair amount of wave pushing hands with someone you refined what i was doing and you had me put my arm across the top of a couch and really see how much was truly moving and and, and wasn't all the way from the tips of the fingers up to the shoulder it was a much more refined wave than i was doing prior to that so that and was and when you after you did that it changed things quite a bit uh, oh yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> also made it easier to do it at the chi level and then at the mind level uh yes and doing it long distance as well uh, sheila and i did that last night uh to each other <laughs> oh, you're talking about doing it over the zoom oh yeah having the effect yeah. oh yeah over the call oh yeah <laughs> it was a lot of fun absolutely yeah yeah all right excellent oh um yeah. i just had a thought i don't know if this is true or not but I know in it is. No, go ahead. <laughs> in some 
in some healing traditions, the idea of moving the hands like this is, is really a part of sending the energy in. Yes. That's and right. now that what Harry mentioned about the wave in Fa Kung, what I'm wondering is if originally these healing systems really had an entire body wave. Yes, they do. And I then over time, it just sort of got lost. And so what in some traditions, what they're doing now is not as strong as what it was. I'll tell you one of the things years ago because they lost the whole body wave. I'll tell you one of the things that happens there is that somebody could see me doing it where I'm really doing it at a high level and I'm doing it now. And then they try to duplicate that and end up looking like this. <laughs> yeah. So what I did was I was actually doing it, but just to the, to the beginner's eye, it looked like I'm standing still. Right. But I wasn't. Okay. But then they end up standing still and they think <laughs> they're duplicating what I did and they're not. Right. And so exactly. So they saw it and they saw the master where they saw the end of the wave. So they see the hands moving. They don't realize the body's moving too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And or that the internal is moving. And so then they just duplicate what they see, but they don't have the the skill to do it like like what's being done. And then and then a lot of times if for some reason they don't get to the higher level, which happens a lot, unfortunately then they taught it to somebody else who talked to somebody else who taught it. And next thing you know, it, it's all hand waving and they're not actually doing the thing or it's a fraction of what ideally it, it really is. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. <laughs> I want to point out that um, I, you know, I teach a couple of classes per week to senior citizens or older adults, whether they're truly seniors or not, whatever you determine that cutoff to be. Um, and uh, I have a part of the warm-up exercises I have them do involve just some freeform waving. So I showed them the more detailed level of waving that you gave me and for, you know, how much they will or will not get that. And in time they do, and we'll just spend a good, you know, 90 seconds or, or a couple minutes just waving the body in all the different ways that you can. And it really loosens them up and, and they love it. It's just a great thing to do, you know, otherwise. So if you're integrating teaching to the body, to the, to the chi energy flow itself and to their mind, yeah, the mm -hmm. mind in their body. So yeah, absolutely. And if they dance, they can incorporate it on the floor. Absolutely. And should. <laughs> cool. The uh, any other thoughts on this on this before I give you guys the next one? I do have just well, I don't um, maybe maybe this applies to the next one. I'm not sure, but the the one thing that I I've heard said in different ways that I don't think has really been kind of pointed out or that is that is really necessarily come across this way that I have found to be true is that each of the levels, even though like when you graduate from purely physical to an energetic level, that that energetic level is more powerful. And you and then when you graduate from that to the E level and the, 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 there are these steps that each step along the way also informs more the level before the it. level before it and the levels before it and it and it refines more all of that so when i'm really working on my lee level like if i really want to work lee i'll work my chi connections and feel how that is being affected by lee and that's how i'm working on it primarily or other aspects like you, you work on each level helps you work on the skills before it and so while it is important to graduate and it is important to own 
this skill before you graduate, there's also there's levels of ownership that keep improving for each skill set. And so that I think goes back to what a lot of people were kind of trying to say um, in certain kinds of ways that you do go back to the basics in certain ways, but it's not that you just go back and do what you did before. It's that you're always looking at it from this extra perspective with this extra additional level of sophistication and knowledge. Like he said, that the new student, if you make that adjustment, he's like, you didn't change anything. The 10 year student, he's like, Oh, Holy, what, what that's different. You know, <laughs> yeah. and that's the, the, the compounding or the exponential effects. Yeah. So, so Matt, so you were saying, let's say you were working on wave and you're working at the chi level. Mm -hmm. so you're saying when you're working on it, that then you look back and see how it affects the Lee or are you working on Lee and see how it affects the chi as well. So if I'm working, if I really want to make sure that my like structure is good and I'm working on um, wave energy and I'm trying to put that through a good structure, I'm really focusing on like, are there any breaks in the wave? Are there any gaps? Are there places that I can't wave through? Like what's that? What's going on? I'm, I'm, I'm observing the energy, but what ends up happening is that by way of making corrections, it corrects my structure and my, and my pathways and my body, but I'm not really trying to do it in my body first so that the wave can express because that's, that's just, that's harder. If I'm really focused on the energy part of it, the body will tend to correct itself in order to allow for those things to flow at a certain level. Once you have a certain level of skill, at the Lee level and at the Chi level, you know, both, then you can, then you can really use it that way. Yeah. You do have to train the, the individual aspects like that, starting at Lee initially, um, typically the, um, and so don't, don't negate that or forget about that for what I'm about to tell you. Right. Because a lot of people, they, they hear if they hear this somewhere, what I'm about to say, they assume that that's the whole thing. And they forget you live in a physical world. So we start off as energy, you know, when you're first kind of created and then we become as our spirit, if you will. And then we become uh, the little dot that's got a glow to it. That's not even a, an embryo yet, you know, or, or, a, or a baby yet. And then that grows into the physical that way. Right. And so, and the spirit or the mind, and then the, and then the energy and then the body, or the, the creation of the baby and then that's not a baby yet. And then it grows into the physical thing. And then the baby is born and it's physical to start off with a lot of energy going on there and a very strong spirit. What I found is that children, babies normally born healthy, their spirit is super strong and it actually gets toned down over time. Um, and a lot of that is society and the way that things are certain things are done and, and, and other stuff there. But anyways, so here's the statement. And that is that your spirit reflects to your mind and your mind starts taking on whatever your spirit is doing longer term. Then your mind reflects to the energy and the energy starts to take on whatever the mind is putting out to it longer term. And then the energy is reflected to the body and the body starts to take on whatever the energy is telling it to do longer term. Now, generally speaking, it's a mind direct, the mind, the spirit to mind is pretty direct. Um, and then the mind to the body is pretty direct. So if somebody's got really negative 
bad thinking for a long time, their body starts to exhibit that. Well, it's because the energy is organizing according to the mind. And so it's going to organize typically in that way. The, uh, and so that's a simple of what's going on there is that the spirit reflects the mind, the mind reflects the, to the energy, the energy reflects to the body like that. But you do have to train them up through the levels to get there. So anyways. To get there to good effect. To get there and have have skill, have and have ability and 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 strength and speed and and all the other kinds of attributes that you you know that you can develop. Cool. All right. Are we ready for the next question or anything else on that last one? So how do I know when I'm ready to move on to higher level information? That was the other question that when came he with says that. so that's my answer yeah, I'm sticking <laughs> to it you tell me <laughs> so my answer is uh i've got here tell you guys about the tai chi roadmap and do you have you know do you have a bunch of league going on and is it is it really you know is it aligned well is it is it that good conduit for the energy is it a good conduit for the mind is it healthy is it is it strong is it reasonably fast and when i say that i mean obviously if you started training and you're uh, much older, then it will be strong for you and fast for you, which is going to be different than somebody that's, you know, the difference between somebody who started at 80 years old, they're doing that, and somebody that started and they're physically at their peak of and being 20 years old. Well, their speed and their power aren't going to be what your speed and power is. You're going to have your own for that's for where you're at. Um, <clears throat> anyways, so. The first one is understanding what the higher levels are and kind of what they involve and all that. And for that, go to the Tai Chi roadmap. That's going to tell you about that. Right. And then what is my skill? What is my speed? What is my strength? What is my weakness? What is my versatility um, at each of these levels? Um, and then if you hit, like, if you've done, okay, I've got Lee going on, but I don't have those others. Well, then you have to spend some time training in those others without neglecting you know, in this case, the lead level and building it. It should be good enough that I can keep building it even while I'm working on more advanced aspects without having to struggle with the prior levels. So a lot of people, they, they just barely did some Lee and they want to jump into mind or they just barely got the mind and now they want to jump into spirit. And it's like, you actually have to develop that and have that thing going on. And it should be enough that even if you didn't do a lot with it, uh, in terms of trying to use it, develop it, continue to to do things with it, that it should be strong enough to where when you go back to revisit that, it either gained some, and that's the ideal that you had it at that kind of a level, or it certainly held where it is or where it was, um, and that and it should be good enough that it, that you keep building it even while you're working on the more advanced aspects without having to struggle on that build. That it's that you know if you're if you're walking every day or running every day, you know, that, and that keeps getting a little bit stronger, a little bit better. Now that if I'm, now if I'm doing that with, I'm uh, throwing a ball up in the air and catching it, the, uh, I started getting good at that, but I, but my ability to walk and, and or jog didn't get worse because I was doing it because it did, I did it automatically while I was throwing the ball up in the air and catching it. Uh, if I did that and put two balls in there, I didn't get worse with the one ball I didn't get worse at the 
walking or jogging or running because I'm still doing those things. They're the things that are the easier part that's becoming more automatic and it is building, but I'm not having to do a lot to build that anymore, but it's not that it's being neglected or that I could barely walk. And now I'm trying to throw the ball up in the air and catch it. And I get good at doing that. And then realize I'm not walking anymore. Right. So <clears throat> it should be good enough <clears throat> that I can keep building. I said this. Uh, all right. If the prior levels are not up to real world application levels, then you're probably not ready to progress yet. And if you've got the skill, if you have the skill, you should be able to get it up to real world application levels um, fairly rapidly. Uh, what I find in Tai Chi in particular across the board, you know, not everybody, but a whole lot of people is they'll get the skill going on. It's a really small amount compared to what can be done, but it's, they can tell they're doing it. And they go, I've got this skill and you feel it and you go, okay, there's a little bit of something going on there. And they're like, oh yeah, it's great. It's a lot, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, but now show me that when somebody's really trying to like just muscle you or something, you know, grr, and they're in there. And, or when something else is going on and using it and they're like, well, it's not quite like that. It's a more subtle skill. And for what's really there to be had, at least from the masters, the old masters that I've trained with, it's like, no, that skill was meant to be, actually be able to be used in real time for real. And you've got, when you've got that amount where you can feel it like that, it's not going to be that hard to build that up to a lot more, but you are going to have to understand what the work is and you are going to have to do the work. And then once that's done, you're going to have it where now it's real. It's got volume to it. It's got speed to it. It's got power. It's got versatility and all those things and now you can start doing the next level of things with that and it's an appropriate time to do it but if they've just got it where well i've got a little bit of that and then you see that next level people want to jump to the next level and they don't really have the thing that they you know they had they had the the of steps one through a hundred of building that to something they're at step one or two and then they want to jump to the next skill set and it's like why don't we get that up over 50 or 60 and then, you know, percent of what you're capable of. And then, um, and then we can jump up to the next skill level. And you could even say having it at 80% or more and then, then jump to the next skill level. And then that's gonna keep getting, improving closer and closer to 100. Uh, don't know that it ever really fully gets there most, for most people most of the time. Um, although if you built it like that and an emergency comes up, you'll be able to do it at 100% of your capacity if you build it to 80%. But if you've got it at 1% and then you need it where you need it at full, that's got to be the thing. You probably just don't have it like that. And so there's there's work to do. And you know, and that's part of the art long-term is it's that journey of doing that work. For me, I, I love it. I'm, I'm very happy and glad to be able to do that. Um, I know for most of you here that that's the case as well. If at home, if you're not feeling like that about it, um, you need to get where those skills are being worked on and it's fun and environment and Hey, we do that. So hopefully that'll, that'll be inspiring to you and or incentive and, or we'll get to meet you anyways. Um, so how do I know when I'm ready to move on to higher level information? And you guys may have real stories or real, real times that you can think of where you had something at a skill level, you got exposed to something and either you went, I'm not ready to get there yet. And then worked on the lower level thing then went and did that or where you kind of have an experience of taking it up through levels of skill um, and then what you kind of had to do to do that. So that, that would be the thing I would um, 
recommend that you share, or if there's something you found for yourself that had to do with being when you were actually were ready to move on to a higher level information that might be useful to people at home. Uh, well, so this uh, comes out of our, our COVID period right now. Um, we were having one of these uh, conversations with you on Zoom. Uh, it was a private one, though, that wasn't for the public, just for our regional organizers. And you let us feel you move us through this medium. We're using this as the device in between so we could communicate, not that you need this, didn't actually go through the internet. And when you did that, Naturally, I went, oh, holy crap. What? I have, I have got to play with that and see what's going on. And I had never done that before. So immediately I called Paul Shansky, who most of you know, uh, who's another one of our instructors and in studies with Seafood Clear, and said, Paul, we got to play with this. Get on Zoom. And before you know it, doing it a little bit. Then I have another friend. He, um, he is not uh, part of our Clear Tai Chi group, but he a uh, super cool dude. Um, and has a lot of uh, healing stuff that he does from other uh, teachers that he's gotten. And we were connecting anyway on Zoom just to see how each other was doing. And of course, I had to, hey, you got to see this, feel this, let me work it on you. It's like, well, Harry, you have that fogung practice that you do from Sifu Clear. Do that with me. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, just bring me energetically, spiritually into the room and do it. And that's what sparked it. And now the, this whole eight, nine months, whatever it's been now, uh, literally almost every day, there is someone that I'm connecting with for some reason, practicing some aspect of this. Um, and so it became obvious that, oh, well, I guess I was ready for that or had done enough other skills, mostly e-work to get me to the point where I could make that jump. Um, and I know for those that are watching this that aren't clear Tai Chi students yet, maybe, or, or, or whatnot, um, it sounds like weird, freaky stuff. And it sort of kind of is. It did freak me out a bit. My, my mind blew. And then, and then the, the, one of the coolest parts for me was when I was doing some fogung on someone, having them in the room here, was actually seeing their energy swirl in the air in my room. Uh, so it's like, you know, how far does this stuff go? I don't know, but I'm really glad that this, uh, came about because, um, the, the usage of it, um, I had a student who got in a head on collision with an SUV on his bike in Manhattan, and I was able to work on him when my mom at home in Cleveland, Ohio, her hip hurts or, or whatever, I can work on her now long distance. Uh, and before I only knew about long distance healing and I had tried it and obviously wasn't ready for it at the time because I never really worked, but now it's a whole different world. So thank you. Cool. Anybody else want to weigh in on that? I'm seeing a lot of shaking heads. I have one particular story that, um, oh, uh, well, I'll, I'll share mine and any, anyone else who wants to weigh in as well, but they, uh, um, I, uh, so, so we do, uh, 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 an exercise that helps us kind of put the energy away, settle it down. Um, and sometimes that can mean different things. Like sometimes very literally, it means you're, you know, kind of calming yourself down. Um, but, uh, we do it with, uh, a particular emotion that's called grand Tai Chi. Um, and there is a kind of a, a mind body element to it from the very beginning where we're really using that motion to connect into the space and, and, 
and get our mind into that space and feel the energy in that space and move it. And, and we're, we're using this exercise to kind of train that. And then there's another little mini one at the end. And the goal being to feel all of that movement, all that big movement out in that space to feel as if you're doing all of that, even though you're moving a lot less physically outside and to really like feel that space. And I had, I've, I've been making that connection and I've been working on that and for kind of a while. And at some point we hit an exercise in, I want to say uh, the push hands level two curriculum, um, but at, at a mind level of skill where we were really, really looking at E and, and getting the mind out into the space and getting it out further. And we did an exercise that I had done before. I had done, I'd done it a number of times before actually, but when we did it this time, we put our mind out in the space and filled it up like way, way beyond where we can physically reach. And I sort of realized if I can get my mind out that far, then I should be able to get the energy out that far. It shouldn't be limited to like my physical reach in here and what this motion is. Maybe it started there, but I should be able to use that motion and get my, get the, the energy effect out as far as I can get my mind. And when I plugged into it that way, I got a much different effect and it really just changed that whole element of my training for me in uh, it, where I just, I, I like had to go back and start running form again. It was like, all right, now I, thanks for the push hands guys. I've, it's been great, but I need to spend like three days running this energy through my form and then I'll come back and we'll see. And, uh, and I, that's not exactly how I did it, but, um, but that's what it felt like. I was really excited to like, I've got to try to apply this everywhere I can and see what I can do with this. And that was when I, that, like, that was kind of the, the moment that I knew I was really ready to graduate to that level of skill because I had been kind of testing the waters in that area before. And I was able to kind of do some things and have some effect, but when I was, when I, when I got that particular exercise and it really like blew up all the levels before it, that's when I knew like, okay, I am actually ready to kind of take this on. Um, and it was really exciting on top of that. And, um, so it was a very memorable moment for me. And so that's, uh, <laughs> cool. um, and uh, Sheila, oh, I'm sorry. So, so, uh, Harry, I know we've worked on this and I, we actually did a session and it was very cool. Uh, one of the things I've forgotten, though, is when you you did something to bring the energy of the other person into the room, and I forgot what was it just intention or was it something else? Uh, intention is probably one of the best ways to put it. I can't tell you exactly how I'm bringing the person in, except. Uh, I'm doing it and it works. Maybe Sifu could answer that better because this, again, it's... it's... Oh, so this goes to the idea that, uh, or to the principle, I guess, uh, not even principle, but the fact that we have um, our eyes and our ears and our nose and our taste and our touch and about another, I think, how many did I tell you guys it was? Another whole lot. Like, yeah, like 20 plus senses, right? Receptors to, to sense things. And most people, would, without the education, they think that those receptors are the, the processors for the information, and they're not. It's your mind that's the processor for the information. The receptors are simply the intake of that information that then the brain takes in and it sees it or feels it or tastes it or whatever it is. 
in some way. And so with this, it's your mind, it's how your mind is, you've got receptors for that basically, but your mind is then interpreting that information and in, in for you in very specific kinds of ways. And so, so it's actually your mind is in this case for seeing that it's your mind that's allowing you to see that. Now, when I say that, that doesn't mean you didn't really see it. Uh, just like when we see, you know, am I holding up one finger or two fingers, three fingers like that? And I can really see it, but my mind hat, your mind has to, from, from a baby on up, your mind has to actually, the, the eyes have to perceive to actually see it. And then your mind has to tell you what that is and or or create the visual picture for you of what that is and so it's that and, and that, so and so don't misunderstand to say that i'm like you're making it up in your head what it looks like it's that no other people who can also perceive and see if i'm holding up three fingers and you see three fingers and he sees three fingers and i see three fingers it's the same thing if you're looking at it through that lens that's that where you're seeing the energy like that and your brain is then interpreting that for you. And you see that picture of what looks like the form or the figure or the energy doing certain kinds of things. Somebody else who's also using that mental filter screen way of looking at it, they're going to see the same things because it is actually there, at least in a certain kind of way. Um, but it is the mind that is, that is putting that picture together for you or not. So there is not a ritual to bring that in. It is just the decision to look through that lens. Well, so if I told you that I want you to think about um, what roses look like, really bright, bright red roses with a green stem, right, like that, and now I want you to smell that rose. And you can smell what smells like a rose. Actually, in the room here, they can probably perceive it. I <laughs> put it in the skin, but I can tell. I think, it so. I think so. Right, and so you didn't smell it until I said smell it, though. Why not? Right. Right, and so that that goes to you understand what what I'm I'm using that as the answer to your question. There, Do you understand what I'm. I think so. Yeah. 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 Is that yeah. Right. So it's not like you have to reach out and bring the person there. It's just you. Well, when I said, when I, I'm sorry, when I said the, uh, the thing about then smell it, you actually had to think about your nose, even though the nose is a receptor, but there's no ro rose in the room with you. So why did you engage that receptor for something that's not there? And yet you can smell the rose even now. Yes. Yeah. 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 So what's doing that? And it's well, not because the there's no rose there. It's your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your mind. Actually, I would say your mind. The brain is the organic matter, the right, whole yeah, yeah, yeah. but it is the brain. <laughs> well, and the mind is activating parts of the brain that are that are that are connected to that memory in that sense. This is um this is one that I talk about in my beginner Tai Chi classes a lot. Um that at some point um I'll talk about this. That the uh, the classic study is they'll strap a like monitor on the back of your brain where the visual cortex is and they'll put colors, like really pure colors in front of you and they monitor which areas light up that correspond to the color. And then they tell you to close your eyes and picture that color and it's the same areas of the brain that light up. Yeah. And so what's doing that? Well, it's your mind that is recreating that and in order to recreate it, it's activating the part of the brain that is connected to that. Yeah. But 
you know, but, and so, so for a lot of the Tai Chi and a lot of what we do, we're engaging the senses in that same kind of way. It's just that it's more, it's much more of a kinesthetic process than it is a visual one. A lot of times you have to feel it, feel the energy, right? But, you know, um, but that, but that is absolutely um, a thing in that. And then when you, uh, when, when there are visual elements like horizontal lines versus um, vertical lines, your, your brain kind of connects in with that at a certain age of development, the energy it's your, your, your senses are tuned into it, but you don't have really strong feedback yet. It's sort of like learning a new dialect. Like uh, if you haven't heard French spoken until late in life, it's really hard to distinguish syllables from each other, but it can be done if you have good feedback mechanisms to teach you what is correct and what is not. And you've got like a good instruction on that basis. You can wake that sense up later in life. The energy connection is like that. It's, it's a sense it's there. We're just not tuned into it normally. And we're not getting a lot of feedback about it, about, about that kind of level of activity. And so when we start to wake that up and we start to play with it and we start to manipulate it and we start to get results with it and we talk to other people and we have these shared experiences, that's a feedback process that then starts to wake that sense back up and it starts to translate visually in your mind. You start to literally like picture it. Is, is this making sense? Or, or hear it. Or, or hear it. Or feel under, it. Feel it. Yeah. Feel it. And then the ritual part has to do where ritual comes in. Uh, what you were asking about like that, is there some, some specific, and by ritual, I mean, is there some, do you do A, B, C, and then D happens, right? This kind of a thing. What that's for is that um, if you, let me think of a simple activity. People go through routines every day, right? And what a lot of times what the routine does is that there are parts of that routine that you can skip. But if you do, it's like you're almost stumbling after that to do the next things. It's because what the ritual or the routine was for was to get your mind oriented in a certain kind of a way. Like when I said to smell and you started to engage your, you actually engage your nose to do the smell. It's because our ritual or our routine for smelling something is to use our nose. It's, it's reasonably appropriate most of the time, right? Yeah. And so you went through that ritual of I'm going to, I'm going to smell it and breathe in through my nostrils in order to get this smell for something that in this case wasn't there. And right. so you still went through the routine or the ritual of that. And so that's where the ritual comes in. And so a lot of people think that the ritual is the thing. And the ritual is how you access, you get your brain, your mind, actually, to access the thing. Okay. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Cool. All right. Um, Anybody else on, in terms of how do I know when I'm ready to move on to higher level information? And I think uh, I just, you know, if, if I can just throw in real quick. Um, yeah, knowing or feeling it, it, it's it's a nice milestone. And I think I hit one of the milestones thanks to Ty and the two young ladies that came out to the seminar from California there. Um, the Fagong seminar in Tennessee, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I wound up 
working with the two of them and combined, they probably weighed about 150 pounds, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it, it did do a lot for an area that I needed work in, which was increasing the sensitivity and to relax more. And as soon as I came back um, from Tennessee the, that weekend, I went and met up with a bunch of guys that we work out with. And as soon as I paired up with one of them, the first reaction was, oh my God, you just, I just felt everything dissolve. I can't feel you anymore. You know, which, which was a nice, uh, it, it was a nice uh, confirmation of the work we did. So like you said, uh, you know, maintaining that 100%, especially in a combat situation or sparring situation is something to continue working on, but it was nice to, to find that milestone. Yeah, yes. So, so thank you, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and bobby and Miyuki, they were yeah i'm gonna be very happy to pass that on to the two of them they they had mentioned working with you they mentioned quite most of you actually <laughs> oh yeah cool <laughs> sheila i know you've been dying to weigh in with something <laughs> well all the stories have been great so this may feel kind of insignificant but i actually um I agree with what Sifu was saying, like when you're trying to do a physical thing and you're going to increment it little by little, you know, if you've done any kind of sports or training or musical training or any kind of education, you know, you have to learn how to count before you can add and you have to learn how to add before you can multiply and all this. It's a very basic idea. You have to build up. Um, in my personal experience, I actually spent a lot more time on the basic level than I probably needed to, you know? And so I just wanted to point out that having a group of people and, and making the trips or seeking out somebody to sort of measure yourself against is a really important step in understanding where you're at. You know, not to just stay in isolation, but to actually get out there and play around with. And you may, you may be pleasantly surprised to find out you were actually ready some time ago to move forward. You know, it's, it's probably as much of a crime to stay at a lower level than you need to be than it is to try to jump ahead, which yep. at least, you know, what's the danger? You're going to find out, well, I guess I wasn't really ready, you know, but if you don't constantly sort of stretch yourself forward to find out if you're ready or not, you may end up, you know, stagnating a little bit or plateauing somewhere when you really should have gone ahead and moved forward. Yep. Yep. I think we've all experienced some of that um, at this point, every, at least everybody on the call uh, has has had a moment or two like that, um, where it was like, oh man, I should have gotten on this earlier. But but you have a couple of those, and you, and you know you, you you learn and you start challenging yourself more, and it's a process. I try yeah, no, and then the great thing too is that when you do move forward, then you start to realize the importance of what you did before, and then you know you can level it out if you need to, or or move on. Yeah, I try to weigh it out and keep a good balance between the two things, not going forward fast enough that I'm in a deep end of the ocean and wasn't ready for that, but also not staying on the shore looking at the water wishing I had gone in. You know, there's a happy medium and what you're ready for and, and you got to keep just kind of testing those waters a little bit and then keep working on the stuff that you've got and making sure that, that you own that, like I said, while you're then progressing 
as, as well. And I look at, it needs to be constant progress. And then once you get into the kind of a groove of that, that there's a continual increasing of knowledge and skill and ability and what you can do with all of that while at the same time uh, pacing it in a way so that you are um, getting better at the things you already have. And there is a, there is a pace to that. And that's going to be different for different people also. Um, you know, just some people pick up in an increment faster and, or, or take in faster and some people take a little bit longer. The bigger trick is I've met some folks, know some folks actually that learn very, very, very rapidly, but they don't retain well at all. And so that's still got its own problems. That means they need to put more time into the retention um, and use some of their mental capacity there, some of their ability to move quickly to do that. So that way they can maintain what they got. So just the, and then, but if they're putting all the energy into that, then it's like, well, okay, but you stopped your development really early. Anyways, you get what I'm saying. There's a happy balance to all of, all of that. So yes. Yeah. And also, yeah. Surrounding yourself with the people that will constantly challenge so that, you know, you feel inspired to move forward because you can admire what they're doing and, and enjoy playing with it and, you know, sort of stretch yourself to improve. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, that is a big part of what led me to, to do this for putting for organizationally to build our organization with this and to put across the skills that I'm putting across to all of you guys that are, that are um, studying is that it does exactly that. It keeps, it keeps me on the, on the uh, grow in that kind of a way. Uh, Cause otherwise you guys will be pushing me around and stuff. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> What's that? Uh, Wouldn't want to push my seafood around, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh, probably not in the near future. <laughs> I have kids for that. No. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they can do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, catch her. Oh, yeah. She's got a new one going on right now that's pretty, pretty strong. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. I keep telling her she doesn't need any more hookups. Let us catch up. But. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, good. Any other comments, thoughts, suggestions? Anybody else weighing in? All right. Um, let me finish with the, with the word from our sponsor. Again, there's the 24-7 Qigong, which you can get at. Uh, at clearqigong.com. For, for daily practice and to build up so that you are beginning to get the layers of both the Li, if you need that, and then the Chi, and then the mind or the E, and then doing more with it in that way, and how to do that throughout your day as you're doing other things. And so you can get in hours of like the 24 7 practice. And then the uh, Tai Chi roadmap, which we've alluded to quite a number of things here that really pertain to that in terms of levels, and that's at Tai Chi Roadmap.com. And it occurs to me that, you know, that's, we, we've talked a lot about how do you know when you're ready to move on, and we've kind of taken it for granted that, uh, you know, that everyone on the call knows what the next step is, but, you know, that's a big part of what holds people back in the Tai Chi world is they don't know where they're going. They don't know what the next step is supposed to be, so it, they never know if they're ready to take it and they're completely reliant on someone else to tell them. And so to the biggest thing you can do to tell like for yourself, just to know if you're ready to move on is to know what all the steps are and what the order is. And you can find that out at Tai Chi roadmap.com. Cool. All right, guys, have a great week.
Um, we'll stay on and talk to you a little bit after the after we've ended the recording part of the call. And thank you for weighing in today and for participating. And look forward to more next time. Thank you, Sifu. Take care, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, Sifu. Take care, guys. Bye. And now a word from our sponsor. The internal power that comes at the higher levels of Tai Chi can seem mysterious, but that is mostly because Tai Chi students don't see the big picture yet. They don't even understand what the higher levels of the art are, much less have a plan to get there. Even though the senior masters mostly agree on what the steps are, they mostly don't talk about it. On the TaiChiRoadmap.com, I outline all of the steps of Tai Chi development. Everything is explained so you know what to do, when to do it, and why. This is the complete roadmap to Tai Chi mastery with an explanation of all the steps from rank beginner to senior master. Again, that is a free course that you can access online. Go to TaiChiRoadmap.com to sign up. That's TaiChiRoadmap.com.